and Sunday. Rain so tonight on into the early morning hours coming to an end. It'll start to clear up too. We'll have morning and afternoon sunshine tomorrow. Start in the morning lows, upper 40s, low 50s, then go into a high into the mid to upper 60s. 40s, 50s again for the morning Sunday. Sunny skies for our afternoon. The highs in the mid to upper 60s. Ralph Sanji, WGSO. It's the annual Slidell Spring Street Fair with more than 150 vendors selling antiques, vintage, retro, collectibles, art, and crafts. There will also be live entertainment and food and drinks along the way. As you stroll along, browse, and shop, 1st, 2nd, and Erlanger Streets, Old Town Slidell. At the annual Slidell Spring Street Fair, 10 a.m. till 5 p.m. Saturday, Sunday, March 27th and 28th. For more info, visit slidellstreetfair.com. Plantation is a stately bed and breakfast with beautiful grounds and two gorgeous rooms upstairs. It's a great getaway. The food here is that familiar Louisiana cooking inspired by Galatoire's with reasonable prices. A welcoming and cozy dining room and very special bar make this a hidden gem. Annadelle's Plantation, 71518 Chestnut Street, Covington, 985-809-7669. Have you ever eaten something new and wondered where it had been all your life? We thought that about Double D Sausage after having it at a friend's house. But restaurants all over town serve it in their gumbo, red beans, and jambalaya. It's made right in Bogalusa, and the company is in its third generation. Double D Sausage is a light smoke, pure pork sausage with notes of sage and other spices. Try the regular mild and hot and new flavors like the Cajun variety and jalapeno and cheddar. Double D Sausage in stores all over town. Care Restaurant and Supply has reopened for you to come in and shop. Care has all the wipes, gloves, and sanitizing supplies that you may need, and face masks. They have a great selection of takeout containers, too. Call Billy to help you plan the renovation of your kitchen or dining room. Home cooks will find a great selection of kitchen tools, too. Hours are 8 to 4 weekdays right now. Buy local. Our city depends on it. Care, hotel, and restaurant supply. Call 482-0294, 4815 Conti Street. We just did this. Didn't we just do this to quote Shrek? I hope you can hear me now. Can you, Henry? Yay! Okay. It's funny that we had that little uh, hiccup because I was just about to say something um, electronic. I said, first of all, welcome. This is the Tom Fitzmorris Food Show. I am not Tom Fitzmorris. I am Marianne Fitzmorris. Tom Fitzmorris comes and goes on his food show, which I feel like he's really entitled to do after 33 years. 
So we had a very busy morning and I would say you're probably not likely to hear from him today, but we'll see. You never know. He comes out and then he sits down and then he gets up again. But I started to say before we had the little hiccup, the electronic hiccup, that um, we have two mics here and Tom uses the good mic and I use the silly mic. And by silly mic, I mean that years ago, Tom had, I mean, this was like a lot of years ago, maybe 20 years ago, Tom had a specially made mic and it says WSMB and it looks like an old fashioned mic that you would have seen in the 50s. But it doesn't work as well as the really nice mic, which Tom uses, and then I use the WSMB mic. So I'm thinking to myself just a minute ago, actually, if Tom's only coming on now and then, then why in the world am I using the silly mic? I'm going to trade mics and use the good mic and then trade back when he comes in. And as I was thinking those thoughts, the show went off and I thought, well, we have bigger problems than just who's, you know, what mic is being used. But uh, I hope to get all of this worked out like maybe forever in the next two weeks. And I won't say why until after, but, um, but I'm hoping that we have a much better sound and everything winds up being good for something new and different here on the Tom Fitzmorris Food Show of, double, of the last year on WGSO. Today, we had lunch at a place we haven't been in a while. And I have to say that the reason we haven't been in a while is that I just really had decided I didn't like it. But we, we had several stops to make this morning. And the last stop happened to be close to where we ate lunch. And I just thought about it because, honestly, we don't venture too far away from home these days. And I uh, wanted to sit outside. And this was a place you could sit outside as well as inside. I was really not sure if they were even open, but they were. So we went to Forks and Corks, which is a place we used to go a lot, but have just sort of cooled on because, frankly, the menu was never particularly interesting, maybe ever. But, but I, I liked the place, and so we went, and you could sit outside, and it was always nice. And then the, the food just didn't move me. And so we went back today, and we, Tom and I actually had this conversation about the menu. You can sometimes go to a place, and you look at the menu, and you want everything on it. That is much preferred in my book to going to a place and saying to yourself, okay, I'm at a restaurant and I'm here to eat, but there isn't actually anything on this menu that I really want. So I'm gonna make myself find something on this menu because after all, I am here to eat and there's gotta be something. And that's kind of where I've been with Forks and Corks for a while. So today I had that same feeling because the menu hasn't changed a lot. 
And I thought, well, you know, it's outside and it was close and I'm tired of going every place else. So we're going to make the best of this. We're going to, we're going to eat. So the, I saw this corn and shrimp chowder on the menu and it had, I think, andouille in it. And there was an onion soup that I thought about. There's the deviled eggs that have been there forever that I wouldn't get anyway, but Tom likes those. And there wasn't, you know, Tom really had to think about what he was going to get. So I made myself get something seafoody. So what was there was a um, pressed crab sandwich. So it was crab and brie cheese, like a grilled cheese, a brie grilled cheese with crab meat. And it said it was served with fries and uh, fried onion rings. And the last time I had fries at Forks and Corks, I was really underwhelmed with them. Like, like really underwhelmed with them. So I was not thinking that I wanted that. And so Tom got the brisket sandwich. And the last time I was at Forks and Corks, I got the brisket sandwich. And I liked it okay, but it wasn't you know, anything like I love brisket and I was hoping to love it, but I didn't love it. So out of default, Tom got the brisket out of default. I got the crab grilled cheese. And this doesn't sound very promising at all, but it turned out to be a really great meal. And the first time I can say that I've had like the best meal I've had there in a really long time and uh it was robert vasquez who is the chef um came out to visit for a little bit and we were talking about fries and things like that he was talking about how complicated it is to make fresh cut fries which i absolutely understand and i just feel like that's why when a restaurant is doing fresh cut fries then they get extra points for that as far as i'm concerned he was talking about all the kids that come in because it's in a neighborhood where there's a lot of kids he said all the kids that come in and they wanted they want real french fries so they want the frozen variety and they keep a bunch of those for them too five five six nine six nine six i will get into the details about these fries and about the spice that was on them and the onion rings and all the other components of this meal when we come back from these messages. Annadelle's Plantation is a stately bed and breakfast with beautiful grounds and two gorgeous rooms upstairs. It's a great getaway. The food here is that familiar Louisiana cooking inspired by Galatoire's with reasonable prices. A welcoming and cozy dining room and very special bar make this a hidden gem. Annadelle's Plantation. 71518 Chestnut Street, Covington, 985-809-7669. Have you ever eaten something new and wondered where it had been all your life? We thought that about Double D Sausage after having it at a friend's house. But restaurants all over town serve it in their gumbo, red beans, and jambalaya. It's made right in Bogalusa, and the company is in its third generation. Double D Sausage is a light smoke pure pork sausage with notes of sage and other spices. Try the regular mild and hot and new flavors like the Cajun variety and jalapeno and cheddar. Double D Sausage in stores all over town. You make me feel so young. 
Yes, indeed. And isn't that a wonderful thing to feel young? 5569696 five, nine, nine, is the number. You want to talk to me, us? I don't know which pronoun to use depending on what part of the show we're in. Uh, we would love to do that. So we started with this chowder, which was underwhelming. I've decided that soup, if it isn't gumbo, and it is a gumbo color, I'm not feeling it. Like, I had, when I ordered, a shrimp and corn chowder in my mind more of a creamy, cream-colored soup with sort of a salmon undertone because it's shrimp. But it was a nondescript brown, and it wasn't gumbo, so just the look of it, I decided, eh, it was fine. It wasn't great. It wasn't bad. It was, you know, it was brown. <laughs> And, uh, and I ate some of it. Um, I asked for all the uh, parts of the meal to come together so I could take a good picture. So I kind of ate it rapidly because those beautiful fresh cut fries were calling to me. So Tom had this brisket sandwich, which had three smallish pieces of brisket on a brioche bun. There was barbecue sauce next to it. It was... Uh, coleslaw on the sandwich and homemade pickles and then onion rings that were fresh cut fried and very large and that was a really nice looking plate of food the onion rings were like i said like an inch or more maybe like an inch and a half in diameter and um this normally really turns me off, but they were so crispy, so perfectly golden, so crunchy looking that I decided, you know, I have to try these. So I asked for some ketchup and I really enjoyed them. They were, they were good, fresh cut onion rings. Uh, not as good as the ones that I had at Crescent City the other day. Those were also thick, but, um, but these were really good. The coleslaw looked kind of unappealing. And I don't know, it didn't, I wasn't sure if it was not fresh or what. But it was really good. And I think it was the spices that were on it that made it look a little darker than you would expect it to look. But it was, it was a really piquant uh, flavor in it and I I thought it was maybe like a a creole you know like creole seasoning base on the coleslaw but it was good it was a, like a really good coleslaw I thought maybe it 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 had that look to it sort of wilted and sort of darkish I thought maybe it was like an Asian slaw which I really don't like but this was really really good so I was very uh, excited about that because I love coleslaw. And the brisket was good too. The brisket was nice. It was smoked. It was, you know, it was, you know, not wow, but it was good. And then my plate was 
nicely presented. It was four triangles of a grilled cheese sandwich with a big skewer through the middle of it. And then the fries slash onion ring, because both came with it, was nicely presented. It was like a little... It's like a little base of one onion ring with a bunch of fries piled on top of it. Looks sort of like a fire pit, except it was French fries. And uh, it, that was the, the, the sandwich, I took a bite out of it and I was underwhelmed at first. I thought, I'm not sure if I really like this. There was a hint of crab meat. It was really cheesy and I wasn't sure about it. And then I took a couple of more bites and I liked it better. I, and it was one of those things where it gets better every, every bite that you take. So by the end of the sandwich, I thought it was pretty good. It was, um, I didn't get a lot of crab meat flavor. It was mostly cheese, but it was definitely good. I thought it was good. Um, the fries though were what really attracted me. They were not uniform at all, which made them more interesting, I thought. And Robert came out, he was talking about the spice that he uses on it, because he is from uh, Arizona, and his family runs a Sonoran Mexican restaurant, and so he uses Sonoran spices. And he said that in the rub for the fries, which are fried, and then put in a cast iron skillet with the spices and tossed, and it was it was really, really good. He said that one of the base components of this rub is roasted, smoked corn husks that are then put in a mortar and pestle and ground up and put into the rub, which I thought was extremely creative and very, uh, and really unique. And I thought, you know, that's, that's good. And it was, the, the fries were exceptionally good. I mean, exceptionally good. So anyway, it was a really good meal. It was a surprise meal. Cause like I said, I had lower expectations cause of the last few meals I've had that, but I thought it was really good. So that's Forks and Corks at Terabella in Covington. Phone numbers is 556-9696. If you would like to talk to us, we would love to talk to you. Today is National Fish Moose Day. Fish moose is, um, I won't say it's an acquired taste. I would say it's an acquired texture. First time I ever saw a fish moose, I had a boyfriend in Los Angeles about 30, almost 40 years ago. And uh, they had a French chef. They employed a French chef. And um, I've told the story a million times about the corned beef that comes in a can and, and declaring that to be something emphatic, like everyone knew it. And they all looked at me <laughs> like, what the heck? what's the matter with you? Uh, as they were talking about the beautiful, thinly sliced corned beef they got from Junior's Deli in Westwood. Uh, I, after making a fool out of myself with that, I decided to keep my mouth shut about the moose. And so when there was a salmon moose presented at dinner one night, I, um, I tried it. 
and I, you know, didn't really care for the texture, but it was definitely an interesting and another one of those, you know, epiphany enlightenment moments for, you know, the girl from Kenna. Uh, that was the first moose I had. It was a salmon moose. But now you start, you're starting to see a lot more mooses of the uh, fish variety. There's the smoked uh, catfish moose. There's, of course, a salmon moose. There's all kinds of fish that has gotten smoked in the last number of years is turning up in mooses and dips which is good. I mean, I think there there's definitely something to be said for those. They're they're quite good. There was a catfish moose that we got at Hambone not long ago. And it was accompanied by fried plantains. And it was more of a gorgeous presentation than it was a particularly great dish. But there's a lot of mooses out there. And they're good. They're good. Well, this may not immediately ring a bell with you, fish mooses, or it, if it seems a bit too rarefied, uh, Tom will attempt to persuade you that making a fish moose is easy and it's as delicious as it is impressive. You make fish moose by poaching fish or shellfish. It also works with shrimp, crawfish, lobster, and other seafoods then pureeing it in a food processor with some of the stock you poached it in. You blend this into beaten egg whites and then fold in some whipped cream. Some recipes call for gelatin, but don't use those. After it's refrigerated, the mousse tightens up and can be served as an appetizer, or you can layer it between or atop a fish fillet and bake it. Oh, I don't know if I would like baked fish mousse. There's a lot of uses for fish mousse. We're not far away from Passover when a variant of fish mousse gefilte fish will be served in almost every Jewish home. But that is really a different taste. And trust me, that is really a different taste. There was a lot of gefilte fish when we went to Junior's Deli, which was a long-standing traditional Jewish deli in a Jewish neighborhood in Los Angeles. I don't even know if they're still there. I'm not sure if they are, but it was kind of an anchor and an institution. And I was just amazed at all of the unusual Jewish foods in there. And, um, and I, it, it didn't smell very good, I have to say. But uh, it is, I don't, I don't know if I've ever actually had gefilte fish. I think I probably would have remembered if I had. But um, it's a far cry, I would say, from the fancy hip uh, fish mousses of today. In the Wild West, the inventor of the chuck wagon, Charles Goodnight, was born today in 1836. He was a cattle rancher in the Texas Panhandle in the mid-1800s. His name lived on in the famous Goodnight Loving Trail outlined in 1866 by Goodnight and his partner, Oliver Loving. On it, the most legendary generation of cowboys drove thousands of heads of cattle north to the railroads in Colorado and Wyoming. You know, you can do 
a chuck wagon. If you go to like a dude ranch out there and they have chuck wagon dinners, has anyone ever done that? I've never been to a chuck wagon, but it's something that I would like to try and I don't know that I ever will, but um, it sounds like it would be kind of cool to do. If you've been to a chuck wagon, give me a call. 5569696 is the number. I want to mention that at three o'clock today, we have Jimmy Setchum coming on. He is going to be talking about the newly reinstituted centennial celebration for Broussard's restaurant. Unfortunately, and this is really too bad, last year was the centennial of Broussard's. And they had, I think, five or six dinners planned to celebrate. And they were very excited about it. And we went to the first one. And then, of course, COVID hit. And there were no more of those. But they are reviving them. And, uh, and they are, he's going to be on to talk about that, which is coming up pretty soon. They're going to start rolling them out again. So that's good. I'm glad to see that they, are, that they didn't just say, oh, you know, too bad. We can't do it. They're going to do it. A belated 100th anniversary for Broussard's restaurant will be celebrated this year. 5569696 is the number. If you want to talk to me, we are here to do that with you. Uh, Momofuku, which is a really unusual name for a restaurant, I've learned why there is a noodle bar called Momofuku. And I don't really have time to get into it right now, but I will after the bottom of the hour news, which is coming up in a few minutes from the Louisiana Radio Network. It's, uh, it explains a whole lot about why it's such a phenom. We'll be back. It's 2.30. Louisiana Radio Network, I'm Brooke Thorrington. LSU suspends two high-ranking athletic officials without pay. After a report on how the school mishandled allegations of sexual and domestic assault, Deputy Athletic Director Verge Osbury received a 30-day suspension, while Senior Associate AD Miriam Segar received 21 days. The report gives 18 recommendations on improving LSU's Title IX practices, and Interim President Thomas Galligan says the school plans to act on all recommendations, and that includes beefing up the Title IX office. We promise to create an LSU that is safe, fair, just, and worthy of the trust placed in us. A mass vaccination event will be held tomorrow at the Brookshire Grocery Arena in Bossier City for those who are eligible. LSU Health Report Professor of Infectious Disease Johnny Fansheri says it'll be from 9 to 4. We'll have 12 drive-through lanes there, very efficient, ready to really get a lot of vaccine out into the community. LRN. Hey, it's me, Gus the Gopher for Atmos Energy. Being a gopher, I like to dig. That's what us gophers were born to do, along with eating plants, taunting groundskeepers, and listening to bluegrass music. And I especially enjoy digging around the yard. Occasionally, I bump into a utility line and I get a headache. Ouch! After all, they're hard to miss since they can be buried anywhere. But if you hit one with your shovel, backhoe, or ditch digger, you could cause a gas leak, disrupt service, or worse. Makes me shaking my paws just thinking about it. You can avoid all of this by calling 811 at least three business days before you or someone else digs in your yard to have those underground utility-owned lines marked. Calling 811 will help protect your property, and more importantly, you. It's free, and it's the law. 
You dig what I'm saying? For more on safe digging, visit atmosenergy.com slash 811. AOS Interior Environments are the largest design assist furniture, fixtures, and equipment contractor in Louisiana and Mississippi. AOS Interior Environments believe they can't succeed if those around them falter. That's why they've partnered with Bougainvillea Productions and Soul Project NOLA for Fridays from the Funky Uncle. Fridays from the Funky Uncle is a free webcast live from the one-of-a-kind Mardi Gras float, the Funky Uncle Lounge, that features New Orleans musicians playing live music to raise money for the entertainment community of New Orleans that have been impacted by COVID-19. The best part is you can join in the funky fun time by simply going to www.thefunkyuncle.live every Friday night at 7 p.m. Coming to the Funky Uncle Lounge on March 5th, Tony Hall and Friends, and on March 12th, Sun by Barnes. For more info on how you can support Fridays from the Funky Uncle, go to thefunkyuncle.live. AOS Interior Environments, where good design is good business. Find them on the web at thinkaos.com. I get misty just holding your hand. Yes, indeed. Is it not a beautiful day to eat outside? I would love to find another place to eat outside for dinner tonight. Let's go to Michael75. Hello, TGIF to all. Yes. Okay. Right back at you. You're talking about uh, delis in L.A., especially my favorite deli. We go there every time we go to L.A. is Cantor's on Fairfax. Have you ever been there? No, I haven't. Let me hear it again. A can are you talking about Cantor's? Is that what you said? Yeah, Cantor's. Fantastic Cantor's. deli, okay. Cantor's. I thought I you said Catcher's. I was thinking, what? Okay, Cantor's. No, I've not been there. Okay, well, it's great. So you should try that next time you go out there. Yeah. Um, also, uh, my favorite deli in New York is uh, the Carnegie Deli. Yes, you have mentioned that. You know, I don't and know that I've ever been to a a deli like you're describing except one time in new york city in 2002 and it's it was right behind the plaza hotel i don't know if that's the carnegie deli i don't know i don't know what that yeah. deli was was it carnegie deli is that it uh, i'm not sure about the plaza but we are we always stayed in a hotel near that i think it's i'm trying to think uh the street um I think it's Seventh uh, Avenue. I'm not sure, but anyway, the Carnegie closed because I think there was a dispute with the city about uh, some back uh, uh, payments on uh, electrical uh, charges, etc. But uh, yeah, it did. Anyway, it next next time I'm going, I go there. I'm going to uh, Katz's Deli, and you know, I'm going to have to look and see which one we were. It was it was almost it was like a half a block behind the hotel, if I remember. And it was on, uh, let's see, the hotel's at, what, 55th? So it's probably 54th or something like that. I'm going to look and see what it was. But it was yeah. it was not a very big deli. It was kind of small. So maybe it, would, maybe it wasn't any deli of note. But what, I have to say I'm there, not a huge was, deli fan. What? Was there a line outside? That's how you, no. you will love that. Oh, then that's not the Carnegie. No. Um, but anyway, uh, the first time I was introduced to sushi in my life, it was a epiphanic experience in san francisco i was there uh, trying a case in federal court so we went to a a little sushi place and uh, uh i mean and i i didn't even know what it was what it was my wife had trepidations about it but we tried it and we, uh, we've been in love with sushi ever since and i think one of the best things you can get in a sushi place is what something they call 
unagi, which is eel, roasted eel. It's so great. And uh, they have that uh, here in, in the city uh, at a lot of the sushi places. But Little Tokyo, on uh, near, I think it's on Causeway, uh, Little Tokyo on Causeway makes an eel and avocado salad that is a, a platonic dish. Uh, and, and so um, yeah. that, 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 that's, that's all my tips for the day. But also, um, uh, I have, we, we ate breakfast today at Tom's Favorite Place. What's Tom's favorite place? Waffle House. Oh. <laughs> I was going to say, Michael, unless you were on the North Shore, that uh, I don't know what you're talking about, because Tom's favorite place <laughs> is Matina Bella yeah. on the North Shore. Yeah, yeah. You know, that was a joke about yesterday when you told me Tom didn't like it. And also, uh, we were going to go to Jack Mellon. Something came up today, but I called and asked him, what days do they have lunch? And they told me it was only on Fridays. Yeah, that's what I said, Friday. Well, I thought you said every day. Oh, well, I, I said the lunch special was on Friday. That's what yeah, you were going thought, for, because I know you're going well, for the right. deal, Michael. No. I know you want to well, eat right. like a king for yeah, pauper. I checked, on, yeah. I checked on a deal. It didn't sound that great. It was uh, uh, one, of, one of the entrees was salmon and avocado toast. The other one was blackened catfish. Uh, neither was one of those rang my bell but uh that's the only day so we will go there maybe next friday you should it's that you really will like it i just got a text saying that the carnegie's on 7th avenue between 54th and 55th so we did go to carnegie that's what i said okay it was the carnegie deli that was it It because it was was? like two blocks from the hotel yeah go ahead okay i've got a story about the carnegie okay Uh, this is what happened we were flying on JetBlue to new york Mm-hmm. It was like a five o'clock flight, and we hit a nor'easter. Lost one of our engines. Had oh, to really? make a, a really? emer- emergency landing near Atlantic City. So mm. uh, uh, they worked on it a little bit. They didn't have the JetBlue mechanics, so half of the people on the plane got off and took taxis to New York. But I, my wife, mm-hmm. who, who was a stewardess in the past, said, "Look." This this will be fine, and and then there was a guy on the plane who knew a lot about him. Said we can make it with one engine. So, so I, I, again, I was trepidatious, and we made it. But it, it we were about seven hours late. We got 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 there at midnight. I said, let me try this when we got into the hotel. I'm gonna call the Carnegie Deli at midnight and see if they're still open and if they can bring over some of their great food to our hotel room. And guess what? They did it. Well, why not? Why not? You know, I, I just looked them up online, and I, it didn't. It doesn't look like they're closed. I know they did really? close. I wonder if they reopened. Oh, I wonder if they I'm reopened because them. honestly, this does not look like a place that is closed. Really, that's great. I'm, I'm gonna double check that because I remember they closed a couple of years ago, and uh, yeah, so that, that would be fabulous. By the way, the Carnegie Deli is mentioned in that great Adam Sandler song. Hanukkah. Are you familiar with that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. yeah. Okay. I'm trying to get the line where it says, uh, uh, Bowser and Shanana, uh, some eat every Saturday at the Carnegie Deli. But uh, there's a line that rhymes in there that I can't remember. But anyway, uh, uh, so they yeah, made this it. This does they, not look like something that's closed. I have to say, now it doesn't say hours there. 
But I mean, it definitely does not have the appearance of, uh, I don't think you would keep up a website that looked like that if you were closed. It doesn't, doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But anyway. Right. Um, okay, let me, so. let me tell you one more instance of my um, uh, uh, tight wadiness, uh, if that's a word. Um, there was a plane that flew from, I think it was Pan Am, that flew from New York City to Paris. And right when it got outside of New York City, it blew up. So let's assume it was Pan Am 103. I, I don't know if that's the number or not. But so I tell my wife, we're going to take Pan Am 103 next next week. We're going to uh, fly to New York. She said, are you crazy? It just blew up. I said, when they just blow up, that's the safest thing in the world. And everybody else <laughs> is going to be scared. We're gonna get uh, we're gonna get uh, pay coach prices, and then when hardly anybody's oh, on Michael. there, we're, we're gonna uh. we're gonna ask the stewardess if they can put us in first class, and that's what happened. That's called living like a king and paying <laughs> like a pauper. <laughs> Goodbye, Michael. <laughs> Goodbye. Have a good weekend. <laughs> you too. Bye bye. Oh, jeez. All right, so I've just gotten another text that there is a branch open at Madison Square Garden, but that branch that I was talking about is closed. So I guess the original is the one that we were talking about, and that's closed. I don't remember that place being very big at all, and I would think that a place that's that famous would be bigger than this. It, it seemed to me like it was a hole in the wall, but again, like I, it didn't, it didn't make a really strong impression on me. I just thought, okay... I don't know. I guess I just, first of all, maybe it's because I don't like just like a huge amount of meat in my mouth at the same time. So if you get a sandwich that's about, you know, three inches high of just meat, that's probably what it is. I don't know, but it didn't, it didn't thrill me all that much. And um, I just don't, I don't know. I just don't ever eat that. I mean, I bet the, about the most, um, most often eaten sandwich for me is a club sandwich. I get it whenever I see it. You don't see it that often, and uh, they're not necessarily good. A good one is is hard to find and and much treasured by me. Back to Momofuku. Momofuku. Ando was born in what is now Taiwan today in 1910. His nickname was Noodles Papa. He was the founder of the Nissan Food Products Company, whose great breakthrough was Ando's invention, ramen noodles. Those are instant cooking noodles in individual packages. Add hot water and you're ready to eat. Noodles are so popular throughout Asia that this became a huge product there and all over the world. When did ramen become ubiquitous? It is absolutely a millennial generation phenom. And I'm thinking it was probably, probably around 20, around the year 2000, maybe 2005. But I know that it was when my kids were teenagers that ramen was something that I was getting used to as being sort of a thing with that generation. There were two things that I think were things with that generation. One, <laughs> and both of them I think of as ridiculous. 
Uh, one is the Kraft macaroni and cheese, the orange powder. And the other was ramen noodles in a, uh, like a pouch. Anybody out there know what years we're talking about? Because I'm a little bit curious about that. If you're a millennial, you probably will know that because you grew up on it and were into it. And uh, I, never, I never did get into it. My daughter really likes ramen a lot, but, um, but never was into it. Like, you know, in college, you have to get a year's supply of the ramen in the dried ramen noodles in the pack. Five five six nine six nine six. There's some other places I want to. Since we're talking a little bit about New York, I want to ask about a uh, a place in Chinatown called the Chinese Tuxedo. That's the name of it. Does anybody know that place? Have you been to that place? I'm a little bit curious about it. Five five six nine six nine six is the number. Give us a call. Care Restaurant and Supply has reopened for you to come in and shop. Care has all the wipes, gloves, and sanitizing supplies that you may need, and face masks. They have a great selection of takeout containers, too. Call Billy to help you plan the renovation of your kitchen or dining room. Home cooks will find a great selection of kitchen tools, too. Hours are 8 to 4 weekdays right now. Buy local. Our city depends on it. Care, hotel, and restaurant supply. Call 482-0294, 4815 Conti Street. I won't dance. Don't ask me. I won't dance. Don't ask me. I won't dance, madam, with you. Yes, we are back. 5569696 is the number. I want to mention that if you have a party that you want to host for friends, acquaintances, and everyone else, Antoine's, let me recommend Antoine's. We are still talking about the wonderful 70th birthday party we had for Tom a couple of weeks ago, where the food was spectacular, the service equal to that. It was well within all of the protocols because the space was large and they spaced everyone out. They can do that no matter what size party you have. They have a lot of options for private rooms. I cannot recommend Antoine's highly enough to you for your party. It was, we'll be talking about it forever. We did it twice. We did it for 60. We did it for 70. Each one was spectacular in its own right. And uh, I think it's definitely something you should think about for your next party. If you want to experience Antoine's as Michael does, I don't want that to become a mantra for the show, but if you would like to experience Antoine's in sort of a an introductory way, they have a lunch special of three courses for $21. With an additional $16, you can get wine pairings with that. You can do it the regular way and go for dinner, and we highly recommend that. You can also go to the Hermes Bar, which is a cool place that has opened, I won't say really recently, but within the last 10 years, it was redone and reopened, and it's, it's a really nice place. Antoine's has a happy hour every day. Uh, $6 well drinks and wines and uh, $5 bar bites. And I'm not talking about just a literal bite. I mean a really nice portion of some of the food that they do. That's it, I think. 
Yes, Antoine's in only, only in New Orleans, in all the world, there's one Antoine's. They're located at 713 St. Louis Street. Phone number is 581-4422. is the number. I also want to mention that it's the anniversary of WGSO. This year, for the whole year, the 75th anniversary, and they are celebrating with the 75 for 75 campaign, which is a fundraising event. They are also celebrating a 501c3 designation by the IRS, which allows you to participate in the 75 for 75 campaign. And if you make a donation, it is tax deductible. WGSO is the only community owned and operated news talk station in the city. It is the community voice of the Crescent City. Please go visit them at WGSO.com and read about the campaign and about WGSO and click the button to donate and get your tax deductible donation. 556-9696 is the number if you want to talk to me. I'm here to do that with you. This is the Tom Fitzmaurice Food Show on the air for 33 years in a couple of months. Tom is coming and going, and right now he's not here. He uh, has had a busy morning, and we have a lot of production to do this afternoon, so you may or may not hear from him. The old kitchen sage says, if a lighter sauce or mousse is what you're after, beat the eggs until they're really pale. You know, I'm embarrassed to say that I did that just this morning. I was not making a fish mousse, but chocolate mousse. And uh, I've decided that I haven't been beating them as much as I should. But it still worked, and it was still really good, and I liked it rather well. And it fits the bill, because sometimes you just got to have some chocolate, you know? Words to eat by today is, uh, if you don't love life, you can't enjoy an oyster. There is a shock of freshness to it and intim intimations of the ages of man. Some piercing intuition of the sea and all its weeds and breezes. I don't know where Tom gets these. I've not paid attention to where he gets these, but I do often wonder that sometimes if I have to sort of think about what I just read. That's from Eleanor Clark, an American writer. It doesn't say, I guess she was born on this day in whatever year it was. 5569696, there's something from John Milton from Paradise Lost. That's the words to drink by. They eat, they drink, and in communion, sweet quaff immortality and joy. Again, huh? Five five six nine six nine six. At three o'clock, we have Chef Jimmy Sitchum on to talk about the Broussard's belated centennial celebration. And I'm I'm anxious to hear about that because I want to go to at least one of those dinners. Let's see. I don't even see if we have. Oh, we do have an edible dictionary word. The edible dictionary word today is brought to you by Dorignax, one of the top twenty regional supermarkets of all time. We had fun with Nicole yesterday. Wasn't that fun? And uh, we always have fun with Nicole. Food and Wine Magazine has given them the designation of one of the top 20 regional supermarkets of all time. And the reason they have is that they're right, they're re the customers of Dorignac's Food Center wrote in to Food and Wine Magazine and uh, explained why they love Dorignac's because they do love Dorignac's. Edible Dictionary word today is pilaf. Pilaf 
is a menu word that makes a dish sound more complex than it really is. A pilaf or plow or plov or any of a host of other spellings is rice that has been taken one step beyond merely being cooked. I wonder if perfect rice would fit into that category. This next step can be in any number of different directions. A pilaf can come from cooking the rice in stock instead of water, or adding herbs, spices, nuts, other grains, vegetables, seafood, or meat. The more ingredients added, the less likely the dish is to be called a pilaf. Jambalaya, for example, is far beyond pilaf. All of this comes from the Middle East, but so long ago that the idea has spread widely and diversified. A good example of pilaf is the Lebanese practice of adding pasta to rice for a side dish. Somebody in San Francisco picked up on it, and rice the commercial American pilaf, was born. I'll never forget the first real rice that I had it was back in I think 2014 maybe and it was at the um, after funeral celebration for the guy who owned the flaming torch and they are from Iran and it was an Iranian dish and it was rice aroni except real and it was good but it also had a lot of like dried fruit in it which I didn't mind, but it was different for sure. Really, really different. Another rice dish that doesn't get as much attention here as it would someplace else is uh, paella. I was talking about paella just today because um, Robert Vasquez came to the table to visit for a little bit and I asked him how things were going at the restaurant. And he said that they have one event every week that's really busy, which is taco tuesday night the place that he was plying his sonoran trade was pepe's in downtown covington which is now undergoing renovation and is being used as a venue for the time being so he's doing taco tuesdays at forks and corks where we had lunch and then he mentioned that he decided to do a paella one night because someone had asked him to do paella. And I would imagine that Robert Vesquez does a mean paella. And I would like to try it at some point. And I hope that they have some Instagram flash that my daughter will notice and uh, we can go over and have some paella there. But I love jambalaya. But I also like paella. And sometimes I can't decide which one I like better. We don't see paella nearly as much as we have jambalaya here, but it's a really good dish. I mean, I, I definitely enjoy it. When we were in Valencia, Spain, which I think is where paella came from, not Spain, but actually Valencia, and uh, every single restaurant had uh, paella on the menu. And um, if you got like a to-go box it was actually a plastic paella pan and tom brought one home for the dog which i think is probably still outside somewhere i have to find that and resuscitate it because it's a really cool little paella pan for it for a dog dish it's a little bit um
fancy. Let's put it that way. The old kitchen sage says, if a lighter sauce or mousse is, oh, I said that. If what you're looking for, beat the eggs until they're really pale. I'm a little distracted right now because the dog, speaking of which, would like to go out. And I guess I'm going to have to just get up. So, Henry, uh, you can whistle or something because uh, I need to let the dog out or he's going to keep barking. So this is what happens when you're broadcasting from home. Just... Uh, Tried uh, Willie Mays chicken for the first time the other day. That was fantastic. So if anybody wants to call in and uh, talk about that, we could do that. Uh, it was over at the Pythian Market where I had it. Very good. I'm talking. Don't worry. I had to leave my headsets. What I could do is get some really long headsets. Oh, that sounds fun. And then I could just go ahead and walk all about the room, keep the headsets on, take the mic with me, and just keep doing the show with all the various distractions that happen here on on assignment you know we could send you out on the street you could walk around <laughs> i mean seriously it's like you, you you know there's so much in the background here and it's it's like if you're doing the show yourself you go can you hold on for three minutes just three minutes but of course the answer to that is no so what did you talk about while I was gone, Henry? Or were you just thinking, oh my gosh, that was kind of a <laughs> no, quick cue. <I>, <laughs> I, start, I started to talk about Willie Mays. I had, the, I had it for the first time yesterday. It was very good. Oh, Willie Mays the chicken? The chicken, yeah. Uh-huh. Delicious. That's Although so I got to say, the fried okra was uh, the best part of the meal for me because I, I love, love fried, fried okra. okra. Oh, it's so good. Too. So good. I love fried okra. I love pickled okra too. Oh, same. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okra can be terrible. Don't get me wrong. It can be very slimy, but I think if it's cooked right, it's one of my f one of the most underrated vegetables. I think. I agree wholeheartedly. There is a place on the North Shore called Hambone. I don't know. You probably heard us talking about this. I have Hambone has a potato salad where they chop. They're really into pickling, like really into pickling. I mean, the mm -hmm. walls are covered with things they've pickled. And they put pickling things on all kinds of dishes where it's sort of unexpected. Okay. So <laughs> uh, they had a, a potato salad. That's not a bad thing. That's a good thing. But Because um, they're really good at pickling. But he puts chopped pickled okra in potato salad oh, and okay. it takes it up so many notches that you will never have a potato salad quite like that you know it's like you think okay potato salad has kind of a crunch in it from celery but this mm -hmm. is a really big crunch from pickled okra but it's not only that it's the i mean the pickling flavor is a really intense flavor but i think it's a really appealing flavor. I mean, I've always liked pickles, you know, and, and pickled anything, but you know, even basic pickles, you know, it's got a, a, a unique good flavor to it, in my opinion anyway. But um, when he chops up all of these various pickled things and just, it's just the pickled okra in the potato salad, but it's, it's crazy good. It's really, really good. Sounds anyway, amazing. Yeah. Um, where, where's Willie Mays? Where'd you go? I went to the one on uh, at Pythian, so it's only like a few blocks oh, yeah, yeah. from the uh, okay. studio. Yeah, you you do Pythian a lot, huh? <laughs> uh, I've done it more lately because it's it's pretty easy. I I didn't realize how close it was. I guess. Uh huh. Well, it's a good. It's kind of a good way to eat. I think it's a cool place. It's like if you wanted to hide out with someone, I'd go to Pythian Market because there's all mm -hmm. those little nooks and crannies you can just sort of you know 
uh, get lost in it. But and, and of course, the, the way of eating where you just go up to the kiosk and get something is good. Maribo, the pizza place that I was talking about the other day, used to have a place in Pythian. But I think they, they closed it. So anyway. All right. Jimmy Sitchum is coming up next from Broussards to talk about their new belated celebration of the centennial. WGSO New Orleans. It's three o'clock. We'll be back. This is Alex Jones. Listen to me on WGSO 990 AM, the only locally owned independent news talk station in New Orleans. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen and top economic advisors saying people need help now. Today's job report shows that the American Rescue Plan is urgently needed in our view. Our economy still has 9.5 million fewer jobs than it had this time last year. Worth noting, only 9% of the COVID-19 relief package goes toward COVID relief, and only 1% of the spending will go toward accelerating vaccine distribution. New York Governor Andrew Cuomo is one step closer to being stripped of his emergency powers related to COVID. The state assembly debating now after the Senate voted for the measure. A final decision expected later today. USA Radio News. The following is a paid announcement. The advertiser was paid a marketing fee for a digital campaign. Please make sure to review our disclaimer on our report page. The new year is here, and the time is now to capitalize on the unprecedented boom in the U.S. markets. If you're following EV stocks, then you may know that this potential $3 trillion marketplace depends on graphite for next-generation energy cells. You can get free up-to-the-minute research on the stocks that are leading the way in this red-hot sector with your free subscription to Avid Metals Research Report when you text the word HOT to 48542. Developments in the electric vehicle market are compelling, but investors know we're running short on lithium and graphite supply. Did you know we could also be running short of cobalt? Cobalt is used in chemical production and is one of the critical elements needed to make the EV power source. Research suggests there's not enough ability to mine and process the material to meet demand. We've identified a strategically well-positioned company that could lead the way in solving this critical problem. Get your free research from the Metals Research Report when you text HOT to 48542. Text HOT to 48542. Pope Francis making an historic trip. Like most Americans, Pope Francis has been holed up at home for the past year, with travel plans canceled thanks to the coronavirus pandemic. But the pontiff on Friday headed out for a three-day tour of Iraq, the first papal visit to the country. Pope Francis on Thursday appointed Cardinal Joseph Tobin of Newark, New Jersey, considered one of the country's most liberal bishops, to the Vatican's Congregation for Bishops. Tobin joins the 25-member Vatican congregation, which oversees the selection and appointments of bishops. From the West Coast, USA Radio News Bureau, I'm Lance Pry. The Air Force is delaying its physical fitness test for the fifth time because of the pandemic. It announced the test will resume January 1st, but admitted it might have to be delayed again. The tests were scheduled to begin again in April. The Air Force says it will use a new scoring system when it does resume testing. Airmen will have to do a one and a half mile run and one minute of push-ups and sit-ups. USA Radio News. Now you can fly anywhere in the world and pay discount prices on your airline tickets. Book a flight today to London, Paris, Madrid, or anywhere else you want to go. And pay a lot less guaranteed. Call the International Travel Department right now at low-cost airlines. 800-215-5141. 800-215-5141. That's 800-215-5141. 
Arizona Sheriff Mark Daniels of Cochise County, Arizona, says that halting the border wall construction along the U.S.-Mexico border has left areas wide open for Mexican cartels to operate. In January, President Joe Biden issued executive orders to pause the construction of the border wall that was promoted heavily by the previous administration. It's wide open right now. It's wide open, and with the uh, chaos going on the border based on these administrative decisions, and, and it just... Well, rain tonight is likely shower activity coming in. It's associated with that weak front that's going to come in and bring back sunshine tomorrow and Sunday. Rain so tonight on into the early morning hours coming to an end. It'll start to clear up, too. We'll have morning and afternoon sunshine tomorrow. Starting the morning lows, upper 40s, low 50s, that go into a high into the mid to upper 60s. 40s, 50s again for the morning Sunday. Sunny skies for our afternoon. The highs in the mid to upper 60s. Ralph Sanji, WGSO. It's the annual Slidell Spring Street Fair with more than 150 vendors selling antiques, vintage, retro, collectibles, art, and crafts. There will also be live entertainment and food and drinks along the way as you stroll along, browse, and shop 1st, 2nd, and Erlanger Streets, Old Town Slidell. At the annual Slidell Spring Street Fair, 10 a.m. till 5 p.m. Saturday, Sunday, March 27th and 28th. For more info, visit slidellstreetfair.com. And music means it's the second hour or the second course of the food show where we talk about food. This Tom has done for 33 years. It's the Tom Fitzmorris Food Show, but Tom is not here. It's just me, Marianne Fitzmorris, and we are going to be talking to Jimmy Sechem from Broussards this hour, who is calling to talk about a belated centennial celebration. I am so glad you all are going back to that. Hi, Jimmy. Yeah. Hey, Miss Marianne. How are you? We're good. We're good. Thanks. I'm so glad that you revived that because it was, I mean, a centennial is, you know, that's special. And then I thought, oh, man, COVID struck. And I thought, oh, gosh, it's so sad. So I'm glad that, that you decided to do it after all. Yeah. Yeah. We're really excited about it. You know, it was a, it's a big accomplishment for us and something we're very proud of um, and very lucky i feel like to follow in the footsteps of all the people that have come through here over the last hundred years so obviously it was a shame when when everything Mm -hmm. happened last march so we're just kind of looking at this as a continuation of the party yeah something we like to do in new orleans is just just keep things going so this is kind of our you know 101 let's celebrate it there you go keep the party going now you had like i think six dinners planned in the year for last year did you even get to execute one of them um not really yeah so we had we had focused had written the menus based on certain ingredients Mm -hmm. and we were going to have the different menus throughout the year and a different dinner to pair with each one right um so we kind of had to modify things as we went through we, we went through so we were still able to do the menus but we're unfortunately not able to do the dinners. That is okay. something we're going to try and do again this year. Okay. Um, we're going to focus those dinners on cocktails, though. So oh. Oh. we've taken the different decades that Bruce Arts has been been operating, starting in the 1920s, 
and picked kind of well-known cocktails from those eras and then written the menu to pair with that. Oh, cool. So we're going to be doing those the uh, last Wednesday of the month. All right. So take us, let's, let's go back to last year and I don't want to spend too, too much time on this, but we went to a party. I think it was right before COVID where you were celebrating the centennial mainly for, you know, the media. And then you were at that time introducing your plans to have these six dinners which were focused on Louisiana ingredients. So the menus that you just referenced, did you actually follow through with those menus throughout the year, although not having the dinners? Because I mean, last year was such a bizarre thing where you were clo- you and everyone else was closed for a time and then there was the curbside. So did you actually ever get to do those menus? Yeah, we missed a couple of them, but we were able to, uh, okay. to do three of them. We did okay. uh, huh. r- rice over the summer, so there was a different uh-huh. rice aspect in every course of the of the dinner on the menu, uh, okay. on a prefix menu. We did pecans in the fall, and we did mm-hmm. citrus uh, for Revion. Okay, and I didn't realize that really you actually well did it. Okay. Yeah, it Go was ahead. really well received. The guests were really excited about it, and it it really helped focus um, focus the menu a little bit, but also mm-hmm. something for us to celebrate in these ingredients that people have been using in, in Louisiana for the last at least 100 years. Right. So yeah. much so that we're going to continue that idea this year. Okay. Um, so, so are the every menus... Every menu this year will be... Go ahead. Go on. Every menu so... this year will be based on different ingredients. Uh, so yeah, but, but you said you're going to be focusing menu. mostly on the drink. So are those menus coming back as well? Yeah. So the menus okay. are going to be for okay. uh, a la carte dinner service. Thursday okay. through Saturday, uh-huh. uh, right. and then the the cocktails are going to be um, special dinners once a month. I see. All right. So then, if you missed these special menus based on Louisiana ingredients, those will be reproduced again this year exactly the same way. Uh, we've got some new ingredients now, so we're starting. Okay. We just started our spices menu last night which was the okay. one that was, it was supposed to start the Monday that we shut down. Okay. Um, so we, we just recreated that same menu because we didn't get to do it at all. And that's going to run from now through mid-June. And then okay. starting in June, we're going to run a menu based on Louisiana berries. So we're going to do mm-hmm. strawberries, blueberries, blackberries. Okay. That'll run through the end of August. And then our mm-hmm. fall menu will be focused on sugarcane. Okay. And that'll run until the end of November. And then we're going to do citrus again for Revion. Um, I'm a big citrus fan. I love Louisiana citrus. You know, you see it everywhere. Are you from here? No, I'm originally from Connecticut. Oh, wow. Okay. So tell us a little bit about yourself. We're going to come back to the menus in a second. But now that you mention it, let's let's get a run through on on where you've been and how you arrived at where you are now. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, I grew up in Southern Connecticut. My mom was a bit was a big uh, home cook, phenomenal cook. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I cooked with her a lot growing up. I uh, went to school in Tennessee and got a degree in economics and philosophy, which I don't <laughs> use at all now. But the whole time I was in college, I, I worked at restaurants and I just loved it. Uh, and uh, we took a we took a lot of trips to New Orleans while I was in college, and I fell in love with the city. I see. Um, 
So I moved down. I had plans to move down here actually the day Katrina hit. I was in oh, wow. Florida at a friend's house and then flying from Miami to New Orleans and the flight out of out of Miami got canceled. <laughs> Stayed at his house for a few more days. It was like, oh, you know, it's just a hurricane. Uh-huh. Um, well, obviously that took a little bit longer. So I came down January of 2006 uh-huh. uh, okay. and got a job working at Palace Cafe with Darren Nesbitt who okay. became my mentor and good friend. And I worked for him for and the Brennans for about 12 years. And then three years ago, took over Broussard's. Okay. All right. Wow. That's, uh, that's a good story. I didn't know how long you were going to say it took for you to actually get here. But um, it's, you know, it's interesting. You, if you visited in college and then were planning to move here, the New Orleans that you visited in college is very different from the New Orleans that emerged after Katrina. And I don't know Absolutely. how much you got to know New Orleans in college, but they are distinctly different places. And, um, and we could do a whole show on that, on how different they <laughs> are. But, um, but it's fascinating that you that you are actually living here in only one version of New Orleans and visited in another version. And maybe, maybe sometime in the restaurant, you and I can talk about that, but, but let's stick to, to. what we're talking about <laughs> at the moment, because I do, I, I do think that's just like, I'm a closet. I didn't go to college for sociology, but I am a okay. closet sociologist. Let's just put it that way. Ooh. And I find the whole Katrina, uh, the sociological changes in New Orleans post Katrina are fascinating to me. Absolutely fascinating, and particularly in a, in a culinary venue. You know, definitely, yep. very much so. I mean, do you, do you understand what I'm saying? You, you're definitely on with that. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I'm sure it's talked about and a lot had, um, in, in the world, in the culinary world. Hmm? I had talked to restaurants that summer, um, the summer before Katrina, about you know moving down here and getting jobs. And it was, you know, very tough to get to get positions at some of those, especially like the Brennan restaurant, the yeah. Commander's Palace, Palace Cafe. Yeah. But coming down to January after <laughs> Katrina, it worked out in my favor because uh-huh. everybody was hiring. And, it, yeah, and so I got sure. the opportunity to get in and to work with a phenomenal chef and Darren uh-huh. that that worked out really well for me and kind of changed what my path would have been, I think. Yeah, for sure. I am absolutely certain about that. All right, we're going to take a break. If you can hold on, we're going to take a break and come back with the specific menus and ways that people yeah. can uh, celebrate the centennial of Broussards with you. Five five six nine six nine six is the number. We'll be back with this after these messages with Jimmy Suchum. Basil's Ace Hardware has been the center for your grilling needs for over 15 years. That's when I first got my big green egg, which I use more than ever lately. Fred also has Traeger grills and Weber grills and all the accessories for them. Charcoal and pellets and propane, as well as rubs and grilling utensils. Remember, a great cookout always begins with the right hardware. Basil's Ace Hardware, 4419 Transcontinental Metairie, 888-8588. Keith Young Steakhouse on the North Shore in Madisonville is everything anyone thinks of when a steakhouse comes to mind. The environment is elegant and handsome. The service staff is knowledgeable, attentive, and friendly. And most important, the steaks are superb. The Steakhouse sides are also great. Keith Young Steakhouse, 165 Highway 21, Madisonville. 
985-845-9940. When you're awake, the things you think come from the dreams you dream. Thought has wings and lots of things are never what they seem. True, true, true. We're back with Jimmy Setchum from Broussards to talk about the belated centennial celebration at that Grand Dame restaurant, which is really, you know, it's had a lot of iterations. And I think that when the Creole Cuisine Group took it over, they just made it more beautiful than I can remember. I'm, I'm really uh, delighted to be in there. I think it's, it's a gorgeous, gorgeous place. You guys have done a great job with that. Thank you. That's it's very, really, it's really very nice. big compliment. <laughs> it's really nice. Uh, it's a, it's a beautiful restaurant. Uh, people don't necessarily think of it as a go-to place, but they should because it's, um, like I said, it's it's a it's a grand dame, and it's it's really really. I won't say. I have to really think about it over the years, you know, the evolution of it, but it's definitely at one of its high marks for sure. All right, so um, the menus are starting when? When does the, and, and how long are each of them? So we started uh, our, our spring menu, which is based on spices last night. Okay. And that's going to go through mid-June. And so we're kind of okay. focusing, it's a three-course prefix menu. Um, you got three starters, three entrees and two desserts and every dish featuring spices, right? It it features spices. spices. Like what, like what's, what's characteristic Louisiana spices are you focusing on? So to me, there's, there's things like hot peppers that stick out like Tabascos Mm -hmm. and Cayennes, things like, uh, anise. Bay laurel, allspice, cinnamon, clove that, you know, co- really come from across the world. Peppers and stuff from right, Central and South America. Say, those don't seem like New Orleans things specifically. Okay. So it's, but, it's know, not used... specifically New Orleans. Go ahead. No, no. It's more the way they influence New Orleans and Creole okay. food. Okay. Okay. I um, see. You know, you've got cinnamon and clove from the kind of Indo-African influence. You've got like allspice from the Caribbean influence. Um, so we're doing a, a couple of fun things. One of the entrees is a shrimp stuffed crab. So we're, we're making a shrimp and crab dressing that's got some bay leaf in it. It's got cayenne in it, uh, stuffing it in crab shells and baking them and then doing a Tabasco butter sauce with it. Oh, so you get that good. spice, you get the mm. flavor, but it's not going to burn your mouth out. The butter mellows it out at the end and makes it nice and silky and rich. Mm, that sounds um, good. What's that being served with? It's going with a uh, with a kale coleslaw. So we've got Creole mustard, a little bit of sour cream, some apple cider vinegar, a little bit of cane vinegar in the dressing, and then some fresh kale and carrots to give it nice crunch, a little bit of creaminess. So um, gourmet hip stuffed crab. Yep. <laughs> we're doing okay. a really nice rabbit pot pie that I'm really excited about. Oh, wow. Ooh, okay. So we're taking whole rabbits and seasoning them with uh, clove and allspice, salt, pepper, curing them, and then braising them, mm. picking the meat, mm. adding some parsnips, carrots, peas, uh, fennel, and taking the braising liquid and making it into a gravy and then That's wrapping delicious. it in puff pastry. Yeah, so it sounds great. 
Are, are people uh, are people gravitating toward rabbit more lately? I think so. Um, I think since you know the last even five years with so many cooking shows being on TV, mm-hmm. it's it's more people see it used more. Yeah, it's not um, as exotic. Right. And yeah. my understanding, it was a it was a staple in Cajun and Creole food for a long time. I'm sure because it was yeah. so readily available. Uh huh. Yeah, um, I you love. Know, it. I remember I love the when flavor of it. And... It's mild. Is it mild? Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, mild. Okay. It's not gamey like a duck is. It's it's tender if it's cooked right. It's got uh, it's like the texture of chicken, but with a little bit more flavor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember when when lamb was considered, you know, really exotic, and now you see that as an accepted red meat everywhere. And I feel like I feel like rabbits kind of going through that same um, evolution, uh, only like chicken, <laughs> you know. Yeah, it's like the the I white agree. meat. It's, yeah, yeah. It's a and it's it's not you know it's very lean. So. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess yeah. it's healthier. It's another doctor, white but... meat. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> so, um, so all right, so you're doing this menu, and what what's the is the price going to be the same for all of these menus? Um, so the spring menu, the fall menu, and the Revion, uh, the spring menu and the fall menu are going to be forty five. Okay. The Revion is fifty four because it's a four course dinner. Okay. And then throughout the summer, we celebrate our our uh, year of creation in 1920, and all of our menus are $19.20. That's going to be just through the summer, you said? Just the summer? Yep. So that'll be okay. mid-June till the end of August. And it's going to be okay, a three-course menu. Is that a dinner oh. or lunch? That's dinner. 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 Okay. Yeah. Wow. Three courses, nineteen right, twenty, and then we're also doing uh, nineteen dollars and twenty cent bottles of wine. Oh, that's great! That's really good. I'm so glad you guys are getting to to celebrate because I I was just sad that I mean it's just such a big deal, you know, centennial. Not a lot of people can say that, and there you could, and then you couldn't. You know, I was really bummed by that. So you have, I guess, your menu for the the berries is also set, huh? Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, it's not quite finished yet, um, but we're definitely going to do a lot with strawberries. Um, we're going to do like a really nice strawberry salad. The uh, the kind of the fun part is figuring out how to use berries in a more savory application. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, especially for, for like an entree, you don't see a lot of strawberry, blueberry, blackberry used in, yeah. in savory entrees. Um, yeah. So we're thinking like, you know, some sort of like a berry barbecue sauce. Um, That'd be good. I know John Fultz used to do a blackberry barbecue sauce. I think a blackberry and coffee barbecue sauce that was amazing. Yeah. Uh, So maybe, you know, we could, we can play off things like that. Um, Yeah. When I think of berries, I think of, I think of foods like pork, duck. Yeah. Uh You know, stuff that's got some flavor, maybe a little bit more fat to it that stands up to the sweetness of the sweet and tart berries yeah, you're gonna have fun with that you can definitely have fun yeah. with that all right so the citrus menu is i'm, I'm sure you're probably not 
definitely not formulated that, but just in general, what are your plans for that? Um, use as much Louisiana citrus as we can. So, <laughs> Pretty simple. <laughs> yeah, we ran it. We ran a citrus menu this year, and uh, uh, we did a Satsuma glazed duck that came out oh, amazing. Uh, it started yes. with uh, the Herman Grimma house behind us has citrus in their courtyard. They've got kumquats and satsumas. Mm-hmm. And I had a lot of Tabasco peppers growing in my garden. Oh, wow. And uh, we were Sweet. picking some of the satsumas next door and cooked them down with the Tabascos, and it made uh, this pepper jelly that was wow. just, like, sweet and citrusy and spicy. Mm. So we made a satsuma pepper jelly out of that to glaze the duck mm. with, and that's actually wow. still on our menu right now because it, it went over so well. That sounds fantastically good, like really, really good. Wow. Okay, so it also alongside these menus – you have your Wednesdays, you said. It's a Wednesday drink yep. special. Tell us about that. Yeah, so it's going to be the second Wednesday of the month, okay. starting next Wednesday, March 10th. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be a three-course, um, like a wine dinner, like a Nalfi dinner, but focused on cocktails. Okay. And so the first one is focused just on gin, and it's going to be inspired by the 1920s. Hmm. So uh, we're going to do a cocktail called the Bee's Knees that's on our, on our Centennial cocktail menu that's got gin and yellow chartreuse, lemon, honey, a little bit of sage. So we're going to do, do a Ramos Gin Fizz. We're going to do all these options, um, these three cocktails that are focused on the 1920s and focused on gin and then pair the food with that which was something new for me. Usually you've done, I've written a menu and then we pair the cocktails with the menu. Yeah, right. <laughs> this is going the other way. So it was kind of fun to check out. Uh-huh. Um, we're going to so do... What's the food that oysters. you're going to do? So the first course is going to be raw oysters with uh, granita that's going to have a little bit of gin and honey in it. Uh-huh. We're going to do a, a rainbow trout and papillot. Okay. And we're going to do a citrus spice cake for dessert. Yeah, that sounds good. So it'll be like a citrus marmalade. Um, actually, we, we made and jarred the marmalade already with the last of the season citrus that we got. Satsumas, some navel oranges, some kumquats, mm. a little bit of star anise, a little bit of cayenne pepper. So it's, it's sweet. It's got some kind of earthiness to it, a little bit of spice. We're going to do um, almost like a pound cake filled with Oh, this that sounds good. Citrus marmalade. Mm, that sounds really good. All right, so are, are, is there a, how many courses is this, and what's the price on that? Three, it's going to be three courses with three cocktails, and it's $65. Okay. And, and then Rebecca, our general on manager. on the website? Yep, it's on our website. We've got okay. the first, I think, six menus up there. Okay. The 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, and 70s. Okay, cool. Do you have do you have the sixties already? You have what like what drinks were hot in the sixties? That was rye, I believe. So the the twenties is going to be gin. The thirties is going to be uh, bourbon. The forties is going to be rum. The fifties is going to be martinis. Ah. Mm-hmm. The sixties is going to be rye. The seventies is going to be um, tequila. <laughs> okay. Well, this is loads of fun. I mean, you guys have must have been planning this for a long time. I guess over 
COVID when you had the chance to just sit a little bit more than you normally would, you had an opportunity to to really work on this. I it, it, You didn't at any time think, okay, we're just not going to celebrate the centennial. You just got to work on the next year, right? Oh, absolutely. We, oh, good. You know, we good. finally had some time to, to kind of hang out. Uh-huh. Um, and I think like a lot of people who, you know, weren't working or had more free time with the pandemic, people were cooking at home. People were, yes. you know, yes. getting more into wine. People were learning mm-hmm. more about cocktails because you, you had the time. You yes, were at right. home. Um, so it was great. You know, we cooked, my wife and I cooked almost every day. Uh-huh. Um, and so some of the ideas from the menus have been born out of that. Some of them are things that, oh, I wish we had some of this, or I wish, you know, we do this uh-huh. at the restaurant. Can we do it at home? Mm-hmm. Uh, Rebecca, our general manager is, is really big into cocktails. Mm-hmm. Um, so she was doing the same thing, making cocktails at home and playing around and doing research on old, you know, older or kind of decade specific cocktails. Uh, and we were just texting each other all, you know, the whole time, like, oh, I just made this. It would pair great with, you know, whatever. So, it was so in really- a way, this is a blessing in disguise because you all had a chance to really, really think about this and to really fine tune it and to, you know, sort of make a demi gloss out of it, you know, just really Absolutely. make first, it more you know, intense. That, there wasn't yeah. a lot well, I'm excited. This between- sounds really good. Thank you. There wasn't a lot of time between Mardi Gras last year and when everybody kind of shut down. So those couple of weeks were like the dry run. Yeah. And then we, you know, mm-hmm. and then we, you know, we finished everything up on during COVID and then we were able to come out of COVID and just really roll and get ready to celebrate mm-hmm. 101 years. How, just very quickly, because we have to go to a break in about 30 seconds, but how are things? Are are they picking up for you? Absolutely. Uh, it's Good. The restaurant's staying busy and it's, mostly locals which is great to see you know we enjoy our tourists but locals are our lifeblood and especially people that are going to come back again and again we love to see them Mm -hmm. every night yes all right well thank you for joining us i really appreciate it i'm so happy that you guys are coming back with this and please keep us in touch with whatever you know you would like to promote because we're we're excited about this the centennial absolutely we'd love to see y'all soon Thanks. Yeah. Take care. Bye-bye. All right. That was Jimmy Setchum from Broussards with their centennial celebration. Go to the website and go to one of those dinners. We'll be back after the bottom of the hour news, Louisiana Radio Network. Louisiana Radio Network, I'm Matt Doyle. Two high-ranking LSU athletic officials have been suspended as a result of a nearly 150-page report that looked at how the school failed to properly handle sexual assault complaints. LSU interim president Thomas Galligan announced the punishments during a board of supervisors meeting. We are imposing a 30-day suspension without pay for Verge Osbury. Senior Associate AD Miriam Seeger has been suspended 21 days, but Galligan says the mishandling of sexual assault complaints was a system-wide failure, not enough resources for the Title IX office, and unclear mandatory reporting policies. From this point forward, failure to report will result in disciplinary action. I'm Jeff Palermo. And the Hush Blackwell Report also noted that former athletic director Joe Oliva pushed to have then-football coach Les Miles fired with cause in 2013 over Miles' alleged harassment of female student workers, including taking at least one to his condo and kissing them. LouisianaRadioNetwork.com Hello, this is Rosie the Skunk for Atmos Energy. You might think I make a bad smell. I mean, of course you do. Why wouldn't you? After all, I'm a skunk. But my stinky fragrance is nothing compared to the rotten egg smell of a gas leak because that could be dangerous. 
So if you think you smell a leak or encounter other signs such as hearing a hissing or blowing sound or seeing a vapor cloud, blowing dirt or bubbling water, do not smoke, talk on the phone, turn on or off equipment or vehicles, or do anything that could cause a spark. Leave the area immediately. Then call 911 and Atmos Energy. Atmos Energy will send a trained technician to investigate the situation. Take it from a skunk. Gas leaks just plain stink. Seriously, there's no gray area here. When dealing with gas leaks, it's black and white. Yep, that's a little skunk humor there. For more information, visit atmosenergy.com slash gas safety. Over the last 75 years, New Orleans has gone through many changes, and so has WGSO. From our early beginnings in 1946, broadcasting from the Jung Hotel, being home to Papa Stapa in the 1950s, being a music station, talking biz radio to speak in easy New Orleans style, you, our loyal listeners, have been here every step of the way with WGSO. It's now our 75th anniversary, and we are so proud to have you here with us to celebrate. So we're going to celebrate all year long to show our gratitude to you and make 2021 our most successful year yet. And we will also continue to bring programs that appeal to people of all backgrounds. So from all of us at WGSO, we want to say thank you for making us the community voice of the Crescent City. Autumn in New York, why does it seem so inviting? It is true, it's inviting. It is so inviting outside. Beautiful, beautiful day, TGIF. Please give us a call and talk about food. That's what we do. That's what Tom's been doing for 33 years here on the Tom Fitzmorris Food Show. I, the wife, Marianne, am here to talk to you this afternoon. Tom may or may not show up. He's got some production to do this afternoon and uh, just kind of taking it easy before that. So uh, we may hear from him, though. 556-9696. I would love to talk to you if you would like to talk to me. It was nice to talk to Jimmy Setchum. Bruce Sards is a beautiful restaurant. I'm very glad they're going back to their centennial celebration I mean, just think about that 100 years i know we have several hundred year restaurants in this city i won't say that it's unheard of but it's also not common i mean i'm trying to think there's casamentos pascal's manali uh the bonton um broussard's Two Jacks, Antoine's, Arno's just celebrated theirs. We have certainly uh, more than our share of 100-year restaurants, that's for sure, but it's still a big, big deal, I think. 5569-696 today in 1766, Spain officially took possession of the Louisiana Territory, including New Orleans, from France. The new Spanish governor was an accomplished scientist and explorer. Antonio Deola. The French population of New Orleans was unimpressed and Oloa knew it. Oloa. He kept the former French governor on as a figurehead and flat catcher. Spain ruled over New Orleans during an important time in the city's history, especially for its architecture. The French Quarter is really more Spanish in design than French. Its Spanish street names are remembered with tiled plaques. 
Susan Spicer's restaurant, restaurant Bayona is named for the Spanish name for Dauphine Street, where it's located. They also left their mark on Creole cooking, most notably on Jambalaya. As for Eloa, they named a short side street for him in Mid-City. And Brennan's in Houston. We were talking about Brennan's in Houston. Was it yesterday or the day before? Just odd coincidence. They opened today in 1967. It was the first expansion of the Brennan's restaurant name outside of New Orleans and was followed by others in Dallas and Atlanta. They closed in the 70s, but the Houston Brennan's remains one of the most popular and most highly regarded restaurants there, even after being closed for a year and a half after a fire in 2008. It occupies one of the oldest buildings in downtown Houston it's handsome and comfortable. The menu combines Creole flavors with those of the Southwest. It's a very interesting menu. Alex Brennan Martin, I had that wrong. It was not Dottie's son, it's Ella's son. And the brother of T. Martin from Commanders owns the majority share and operates it hands-on. And then there wasn't much of an association between that Brennan's and the one here until Ralph Brennan reopened Brennan's in late 2014. And now they do not necessarily hang out together, but uh, they do recognize each other. The original Culligan man, Emmett J. Culligan, was born today in 1893, founding a water treatment company that spread worldwide and pioneered the widespread treatment of drinking water in the 1930s, Culligan thought the city's water supplies, even though they were safe to drink, could use some improvement, particularly in the matter of removing treatment chemicals. That's a question I want to ask people. If you, we have a well here, and I can't imagine having city water because it's been so long since I've had city water. But I grew up with city water, and it seemed like it was fine back then. Uh, do you, do you, I'm sure most people listening do have city water. Do you use a treatment system in your water? I know that when our daughter lived in D.C., she had one of those pitchers that uh, strained out things. And it was, you know, you know, well, you know what the, I'm talking about, that kind of pitcher. And I think she's still uses it maybe i know that she did when she lived in downtown new orleans she kept that picture and used it but i just don't even think about using things like that because we don't need them from our well but um i wonder how many people do actually strain city water in their refrigerator in a pitcher if you do or if you have one of those things on your tap just kind of curious. I'm also looking for someone who would like their call sponsored by Cava Bistro. We need to have someone call so that we can talk about Cava Bistro and we can have them sponsor your call. So give us a call, please. 556-9696. Anybody been to a chuck wagon? If you have been to a dude ranch you have probably been to a chuck wagon since I have not been to a dude ranch except to pass through it. I mean, you can stay at these 
places for a week and it's they're usually luxury things so any chuck wagon that you would do at one of those dude ranches would bear only passing resemblance to the cowboy chuck wagons of old but uh if you have been to a chuck wagon what's it like what do you do at a chuck wagon i've never been to a chuck wagon and i've never been to a luau and i've never been to a clam bake so if you've been to any of those things, tell us what it was like. My, my sister has gone to a bunch of clam bakes because she lived, well, she lives on the eastern, not on the shore, but she, did, she lives in the mid-Atlantic. And so they had a place in Cambridge, Maryland, which was on the beach, and they did a lot of clam bakes. I never did make it there, though. National Frozen Food Day is coming up tomorrow. I don't eat any frozen foods that I'm thinking. But no, we do peas. We do frozen peas. We used to do frozen corn. And when my kids were little, they used to snack on frozen corn, not peas, because corn is sweeter. But a handful of frozen corn was kind of a snack for them. And it's funny because my grandkids do that too, which is odd that they would come up with the idea. I don't know that it was introduced by their dad who did it himself way back when. I do remember Swanson's frozen TV dinners. And I remember, <laughs> gosh, I had such a sheltered existence growing up. I remember thinking this isn't very good, <laughs> but I'm going to eat it anyway because it's fried chicken and I'll take fried chicken however I can get it. My mother, and I, I hate to besmirch her memory, and if any of my sibs are listening, they may call up to correct me. I don't recall that my mother ever fried chicken from scratch the old-fashioned way. I might be wrong, but I, I don't think she did, which is kind of too bad. Or maybe she did in that gigantic pot, but not like everyone else's mom who did it in a cast-iron skillet. And it was a pan where the, the pieces were just slightly peeking out over the top. If my mother did fried chicken, she put the whole thing in at one time in this massive pot that could double as a um, crawfish boiling pot. Because I mean, we had a lot of kids. We had seven kids. So everything was really, really large. Anyway, National Frozen Food Day, because on uh, this day, meaning tomorrow in 1930, the first frozen foods were put on sale in food stores. It bore the brand of the man credited with inventing the modern method of freezing food. Clarence Birdseye, whose, works, whose work created the entire frozen food industry, We'd paid a price in flavor, but freezing did bring the price of food down while vastly improving the availability of certain edibles that would have been available only in season previously or not at all. Is there anything really wrong with that, though, if you think about it? I mean, for, for centuries, you only ate food in season, and I think that was a good thing. And now as we process food and alter it, 
we've gotten a lot fatter. I'm sorry, I think that's really true. But you'll never eat frozen fruit at Brightson's, nor should any restaurant with pretensions to serving the best use freezers, except for the likes of ice cream. Wait, with pretensions of serving the best, use freezers except for the likes of ice cream. Of course, few of us can maintain perfect gourmet restaurant standards at home, and even the best chefs have a lot of stuff in their home freezers. That's okay if you religiously follow the essential root of frozen, rule of frozen food. Freeze food as rapidly as possible and thaw it as slowly as possible. The food industry uses a technique called IQF, individually quick frozen, to take the temperature of, say, fish or shrimp or chicken down to well below zero in just a few minutes. That prevents water from being frozen out of the food cells and then forming ice crystals. I did not know that because whenever I freeze stuff, it has ice crystals, which don't taste very good. When that happens, the textural integrity of the food is compromised, creating the mushy effect. Yes! It also leaves a lot of water inside the food, which is a hallmark of badly frozen product. Thawing the food slowly prevents damage as well, since quickly thawing it causes the border between the frozen and the unfrozen parts to stretch the cellular structure and again create an unpleasant softness. My goodness, that's technical. TMI. We'll be back we'll, after, the, after these messages. One of my all-time favorite restaurants is the legendary Pascal's Manali. It's now open for lunch Wednesday through Friday with happy hour specials in the dining room every day. Tuesdays, enjoy two-for-one appetizers and Hansa's vodka martinis. Wednesday and Thursday's wine and beer specials. Friday's lunch martinis are $5.00. Say hello to my friend Thomas at that great oyster bar when you go to Pascal's Manali, 1838 Napoleon Avenue. Reservations are recommended. Call 895-4877. I like a Gershwin tune. How about you? Yes, indeed. 556-9696 is the number. I want to mention Jack Mel Inn is a really great place to go. I'm disappointed. <laughs> That Michael 75 did not make it there today for their great lunch special for $15, two courses. <clears throat> Jack Mel has an unusual thing going, which is that if you order an entree, you get a soup or a salad anyway, which is not something you usually see in a restaurant of this caliber. Paul Murphy has been at it for 43 years at this historic property on the North Shore in Hammond. Yes, it's Hammond. Yes, it's a destination restaurant. And yes, it is worth the travel. It's a fantastic restaurant. It's a great wine list. Paul is an enophile. <clears throat> they have a great Sunday brunch. They have steak night on Tuesday. They have live music. <clears throat> Six fireplaces. It's a really cozy place to go with somebody that you really like. I highly recommend it. They have uh, <clears throat> a patio where you can have a wonderful wedding or a great party. Jack Mel Inn is definitely a place that you should put on your list to try. They are located between two one-way streets on Highway 190 in Hammond. The address is actually 903 East Morris Avenue. And the phone number there is 
985-542-0043. Make a reservation. Go on over to Experience Jack Mellon. You will be thanking us for telling you to do that. Let's go to Ron, the gourmet. What are you today? The gourmet reporter because I'm in the French Quarter. I thought you were, but I wasn't going to say because I thought I'd say that all the time. So I figured you must be. Where are you right now? Uh, I'm on Royal Street, about the 900 block. So I'm about two or three blocks away from Mona Lisa, home of that $15 delicious lasagna. So good you'd think your mama made it. Have you been to have it lately? Not lately, but I've had it. It's very good. You know, you were talking about a whole fish. I think it was yesterday. Uh -huh. And then you uh -huh. were talking about destinations. Well, I've got one. Uh, it's my favorite restaurant. I'm not sure if they're open because I haven't been in a while. But it's in Livonia on Highway 90. I mean, 190. So you can imagine what a, uh, what a drive that would be. It takes me about an hour and a half to get there. But it's Joe Dreyfus's. Have you, have you all ever been there or heard of it? I thought it was Joe's Dreyfus. That may be the name of it. Yes. Anyway, they had a fish. I believe it was a whole catfish on the menu, and that was the item that one of the items that I would get every time I went, and it was really good. How did you wind up going there? I was selling medical supplies a long time ago, one of the many things that I've done, and one of the representatives for our company lived in Baton Rouge, and he told me that if I came to his house uh, and brought a friend or two, we could take off from his house in his Cadillac, and he would take us out to eat dinner. So I drove to Brent Dabrowski's house in uh, Baton Rouge, and we jumped in his big caddy, and we ended up at Joe Dreyfus's. And it was so okay. good that I told them, I live in New Orleans, but I can still make the drive all by myself. So I would drive. I'd go there sometimes. It was about an hour and a half each way. Mm -hmm. this, you know, there's definitely places to go and, and make a trip. Tom and I were doing that for a while on the weekends. We like to do that. The place I want to go next is... Um, is Doe's Eat Place in Baton Rouge because I didn't realize that there was a Doe's chain and uh, that Doe's had that many locations. I thought there was just the one in Greenwood, Mississippi. And I tried to get my sister to come down on the Tamale Trail when she was coming down for Tom's birthday. And she said that she had looked it up and she said, well, there's one in Baton Rouge. And I went, what? And she said, yeah, there's a whole bunch of them. So that's how I found out that there were, there were more than one um, Joe's Eat Place. So I'm going to check that one out. That's going to be my next destination. But I forgot about Joe's Dreyfus's. Yeah, that was, uh, uh, like I said, it's been a long time ago, but it was really good. I told Henry yeah. that I, I have a video for him, and it's a video I made last night. It's only a minute long, and it's me. it shows me how my hamburger technique of searing on one side uh, and then finishing off uh, on the other side uh, is it appropriate if I gave out the email address or, or the YouTube uh, address? Go ahead. If you want to look at it. Okay, if you're on YouTube, look up Ron the New Orleans Welder, and you're going to see that I have some videos, and this video is entitled Barbecue. I'll it's put a link a in the uh, podcast as well. Okay, there you it's, go. It's, it's Henry's going to put a link in the podcast. It's a super technique. Um, I made the hamburgers last night, and uh, basically – you just take them and you do a hot side, cold side, and the hot side's got to be really hot. So you literally burn them for 30 seconds on each side. They're not going to be black. They're going to be perfect, but it's a controlled burn, 30 seconds on each side, and then you just push them over to the other side. You drop a few wood chips down over the fire, 
and you put your lid on, and you come back in about 10 minutes for a medium rare, 15 minutes for a medium to medium well. I gave one to my neighbor last night. He said it was one of the best hamburgers he's ever had in his life. Okay, well, people should look it up on, on the, we're going to have it up on the website. We'll have the link awesome. on the website. <clears throat> All right. But they were really Thank good. Thank you very I much. I made some hash browns again the other day. Oh, you uh, did? Henry, uh, uh-huh. Henry, I gave Henry the recipe for my hash browns. We talked about that. I think he's going to uh-huh. try them because he's a big uh, big Henry fan. I mean, a big uh, hash brown fan. This mm-hmm. weekend, I promise. He's going to do a throwdown between you and me on the hash browns. Well, Are I, you doing Henry them both side by the, side? Henry told Henry, me off the air that he thought you got yours uh, out of the freezer section from a company called Oh, Quantum. Ron. <laughs> Come on. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. You know, uh, Marianne, you and Scott Craig both have different ways of doing them. I remember one of you all put them in the oven first, and then the other one puts them in the oven last, if I recall. Well, I put mine in the oven first as as baked potatoes, and then when they become hash browns, they're already pre-baked. So, Henry, are you doing mine, too? Or are you going to do both of them side by side? Oh, I'll do both side by side. I mean, two days in the weekend, yeah. I'll, uh, you know, yeah. have them, okay. have them for f- breakfast. The hash brown day. festival. All right. That we'll sounds hear great. from anyway, Henry the on the hash busy. brown throwdown. Hmm? The quarter's pretty busy. There's a decent amount of people. It's not as packed as every weekend, but it's not bad. It's a lot better than it was during the week. A lot of the bars slash restaurants are open if you're serving food. And it's still kind of early because a lot of these people from the weekend are just getting here. So we're seeing some people coming out for cocktails, but I know a lot of these people haven't uh, come in town yet. I'd love to know what the hotel occupancy rate is. Next time I do the reporter from the French Quarter, I'm going to go to a couple of hotels and get some occupancy rates. That way we'll have some way to judge. How many people we've got? Well, I think Stan from Trinas is coming back with us next Wednesday, and uh, we'll get an occupancy on the Intercontinental right. from him. All right. I'm going to let you all go. Great show as always. Thank you. Have a great Take weekend. Take care. Bye-bye. All right. Let's go to George. George, one of my favorite hey, callers. How you doing, Are you Marianne? there? Yes, George? how you doing, Marianne? I am fine, and you, doing, you are going to be so impressed that your call is sponsored. You All have right. a sponsor for your call. It's Cava Bistro. All right, yes, George's call was sponsored by Cava Bistro, which is now since December in the space formerly occupied by Cypress Bistro. This is fine gourmet dining at the level of Louis the Sixteenth. Really fine dining has come to Metairie. Experience Cava Bistro. Look it up. Go on a Tuesday or a Wednesday. It's the best time to get in there. Cava Bistro. All right, George, let's get to your call. Hey, hey how you doing, Marianne? I'm hanging in there. How about you? Oh, another day in paradise. I'm doing good. Okay, good. What's up? I was calling to see if uh, you or Tom ever been to Mo's Original Barbecue. I have not. And I see it, but I've not gone in. Do you like it? Yeah, I, I, I you know, it, it was real good. I, I, you know, to say it's New Orleans, I thought it was great. Well, All right, now, are you a real barbecue fan? Do you have a lot of barbecue oh, experience? Yeah. Okay. Oh, so yeah. So tell me some of the barbecue. other ones you like. 
that's about it, you know, in New Orleans, um, you know, New Orleans is just not knowing. I've been here since 79, but it's not known for a barbecue place, you know? So I kind of do my own barbecue. Okay, so here's what I am a barbecue fanatic. I've never been to Moe's. My barbecue mm -hmm. go-to's on the South Shore, there aren't any really great ones on the North Shore. My barbecue go-to's on the South Shore are Crescent City. I'm trying to think of anything that, if I wanted barbecue, that's where I'd go, Crescent City. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I that's Crescent City, there. Central City barbecue. I do like Blue Oak barbecue. That's the second favorite. Okay. All right, so have you, yeah, I'm what, wait, get what? Have yeah, I have to get out there. I know the last time I went to Crescent, it was kind of packed, and I just didn't want to wait. But uh, that's what everybody keeps saying, that Crescent is one of the best, you know. Yeah, not, Central City is what I'm talking about, not Crescent City. Central City. Are, Henry, yeah, were yeah, you trying Central to throw City. one in there? I'm just wondering what you guys think of the joint, which I really I like enjoy. the joint. I like the joint. I yeah, do. I never been to the joint. Yeah, Central City is my favorite, though. All right, so have you been, you have not been to those, though, George. Is that right? No, but I tell you what, uh, one that I do miss, you used to have a lot of grill meats, and I used to actually work there, uh, is Luther's Barbecue. Now, that used to be good. Luther's is gone, isn't it? Oh, I yeah, it's gone. I think Voodoo does a good job. I, I like Voodoo. I think it's got a good, uh, I think they do a good job. I think they have really good sides. I wasn't, I don't know, I wasn't really impressed with Voodoo. I, I have been to Voodoo. It was all right, you know. Okay, well, I'm going to have to go to Moe's because I've not been there yeah. and, and I, I don't know that it's going to be the style that I like, but I, I do want to try it. I have not tried it yet. Yeah. I tell you, yeah. we go to Moe's, uh, I tasted the, uh, the cornbread. I do not like cornbread. I'm not a cornbread person. But uh -huh. their cornbread was delicious. Okay. And uh, the reason that I ate it was because it looked like it was, it was grilled. You know, on uh -huh. both sides, you can see where it's kind of, it was kind of crunchy. And, yeah. man, that, that cornbread is the best cornbread I ever had. Okay. Well, coming from you, George, who grew up in the in the Copeland's family, you know, your yeah. word means a lot. So I'm going to have to try out <laughs> Moe's and see, and, and, uh, and, and we'll talk about it another time. I have to go, though, because we're okay. closing out the show right now. Take care, George. Thank you. I'll call you all back. Uh, next okay. week, y'all got a good show. Okay, thanks. All right, that's it for us for tonight and for the week. My goodness, the weeks do go by quickly, don't you? Don't you think? Uh, Nomenu.com is where you should go if you've missed a part of the show and want to get it from a podcast. Our podcasts are up to date, actually. If you go to Nomenu.com, N-O-M-E-N-U.com, and click on The Food Show, there they'll be. We'd love for you to tell a friend about the show. It's, you know, it's not much. It's not really important, but it is kind of fun, we like to think. And it is different from everything else that's out there. So please tell a friend about the show. They might be very grateful to you. Have them download the Simple Radio app. It's free. Type in 990 and voila. You can listen from anywhere. We also have our Instagram, at the New Orleans Menu. We would love for you to follow us on Instagram. If you go to the website, you are going to find Tom's archival 
reams and reams of knowledge about all kinds of things, be it restaurant information from the last 50 years and before that of New Orleans restaurants, or just general things like, you know, what constitutes a crab cake and stuff like that. We also have hundreds of recipes, 400 some odd recipes on nomenu.com. We have our dining diary specials of things that are happening around town in restaurants places that are open or closed, having to do with COVID. If you sign up for the newsletter, you will get it twice a week delivered to your inbox. If you follow us on Instagram, you'll see a lot of pretty pictures at the New Orleans menu. Tim McNally is up next with the Dine, Wine, and Spirits show. We'd love to see you Monday. This is WGSO New Orleans. Talk to you next time, 4 o'clock. Join me, BJ Rust, every weekday at 6 p.m. for the Something to Say radio show right here on WGSO 990 AM, New Orleans, Louisiana. Democrats clearing a procedural hurdle on Thursday to get it there, and it barely passed with Vice President Harris breaking the tie vote. Republican Senator from Tennessee, Marsha Blackburn, is no fan of the bill. I will be a no vote on this. When you have a bill that only 9%, 9% is there for COVID relief, the rest is going to arts, humanities, transportation, bailouts for the big blue state. The Biden administration is sending a White House official to border facilities that house illegal immigrant children, saying that they can open back up to pre-coronavirus levels. An HHS member citing extraordinary circumstances because of the influx of unaccompanied minors across the border. You're listening to USA Radio News. Can you really believe the news? So much spin. Americans just don't trust big media. And if you're really tired of the old news, Check out Newsmax TV, the fastest-growing network in America. It's on all major cable systems. Each night, watch Newsmax TV and see big shows with Sean Spicer, Greg Kelly, Lindsey Keith, Stinchfield, and Rob Schmidt. They're exposing Joe Biden and Nancy Pelosi's surprising agenda. So tune into Newsmax anytime. If your cable doesn't carry it, call them and tell them you can go to another service that does. Or you can download the Newsmax app on your smartphone. It's free, and you can watch it anywhere in the world. Newsmax is also free on TVs like Samsung, LG, and Vizio. And millions of people watch Newsmax on Roku, YouTube, Pluto, Zumo, Apple TV, and more. There's a reason 30 million Americans watch Newsmax TV all the time. Check it out today. Newsmax is real news for real people. Employers adding 379,000 jobs in February, the unemployment rate edging down to 6.2%. Economists had predicted only 200,000 jobs would be added in February. President Joe Biden downplaying the good economic news. Today's jobs report shows that the American Rescue Plan is urgently needed in our view. Our economy still has 9.5 million fewer jobs than it had this time last year. Texas Governor Greg Abbott is backing a bill to prohibit social media companies from censoring Texas. He says the nation was built on the freedom of speech. Big tech's efforts to silence conservative viewpoints is un-American, un-Texan, and pretty soon it's going to be against the law. The legislation addresses what happens when social media sites like Twitter and Facebook ban individuals for violating their terms of service. This is USA Radio News.
Jimmy Setchum, who is the executive chef at Broussard's Restaurant. We just rolled out a new happy hour menu. Very French-inspired, small plates, some crab and corn beignets, mandouille gougères, palms d'offing. Mandouille gougères? Yeah. Mandouille, gruyere cheese, pot of dough, fried up, actually, instead of baked, so they get that nice crispy outside and fluffy yeah. interior. You get the cheese all melty. Doing some petite sandwiches as well. Make it very kind of French street-inspired. We're doing a mini croque monsieur, mini grilled cheese, little Cajun sliders. Broussard's Restaurant, 819 Conti in the heart of the French Quarter. Hey, New Orleans, Jack Jelanko again, local wine guy. Spring is right around the corner. The weather is warming up, and that's the perfect time for a delicious, elegant red wine. Yamhill Valley Vineyards Estate Pinot Noir. It's a wonderfully balanced red wine from the oldest family estate in McMinnville, Oregon, in the Willamette Valley. This is The Real McCoy, an estate winery named Winery of the Year by the Oregon Press, and it's a great value, around 20 bucks. Ask for it wherever you buy wine. Yamhill Valley Vineyard. Cheers. Well, rain tonight is likely. Shower activity coming in. It's associated with that weak front that's going to come in and bring back sunshine tomorrow and Sunday. Rain so tonight on into the early morning hours coming to an end. It'll start to clear up, too. We'll have morning and afternoon sunshine tomorrow. Starting the morning lows, upper 40s, low 50s that go into a high into the mid to upper 60s. 40s, 50s again for the morning Sunday. Sunny skies for our afternoon. The highs in the mid to upper 60s. Ralph Sanji, WGSO. It's the annual Slidell Spring Street Fair with more than 150 vendors selling antiques, vintage, retro, collectibles, art, and crafts. There will also be live entertainment and food and drinks along the way as you stroll along, browse, and shop 1st, 2nd, and Erlanger Streets, Old Town Slidell. At the annual Slidell Spring Street Fair, 10 a.m. till 5 p.m. Saturday, Sunday, March 27th and 28th. For more info, visit slidellstreetfair.com. Drinking wine, booty, Drinking wine, booty, Drinking wine, 